Hi, everyone, and welcome to Chronically Jill, the podcast where I, Jillian, also known as the Fibro Rebel Online, will tell you all about my life with chronic illnesses, bring you more fun facts about fibromyalgia, and tell you the story of someone's day-to-day life with chronic illnesses. My pronouns are she, her. This is an independent podcast, which I am recording in my kitchen. We have a lot, and I mean a lot of animals and kids, so if there is occasionally barking in the background or other noises, please understand. This podcast can and does contain explicit language, so be forewarned. As this is an independent podcast, I would love it if you supported me on Patreon or Acast. For as little as $2 a month, you can get access to early episodes, ad-free content, merch, and more. If that's not something you're interested in, that's absolutely okay. I'm thankful for your support in just listening listening, sharing, and subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today's fun fact about fibromyalgia is brain fog or fibro fog, which is what we're talking about when we say that we have cognitive difficulties. The common term is brain fog because it actually stems from many different conditions, not just fibro. But we colloquially call it fibro fog because, well, we can, I guess. But for the sake of this podcast, we are going to call it brain fog, so we're not leaving anyone out. This is a good time to throw in the fact that I am not a medical professional in any way, shape, or form. All of the information that I have comes from research that I've done myself, my personal experiences, the experiences of other people, or talking to doctors. Brain fog is usually characterized by lack of focus, forgetfulness, and lack of mental clarity. It can make your thoughts and emotions feel numb, and daily activities, chores, or work may take more effort than normal. Some people describe it as a haze or a fog that makes it difficult to think through or to plan ahead. There are so many examples of brain fog. These are the ones that the internet lists. Forgetting a task, taking longer than normal to complete a simple task, feeling constantly distracted, feeling tired when working, feeling spacey or confused, feeling fatigued, thinking more slowly than normal, being easily distracted, having trouble organizing thoughts, and word-finding difficulties. I hugely struggle with that one. It has caused me so much anxiety over the years. When I struggle to find a word, I stutter. When I stutter, I feel like everyone around me thinks that I'm just an idiot, which is ridiculous. Everyone misspeaks and mispronounces words all the time. Anxiety seriously sucks. When I started making my TikToks, I used to edit out all the times that I misspoke or stuttered. Once I stopped doing that, though, I had so many people commenting about how they do that too and can't find the right words and they didn't feel so alone anymore. My go-to when I can't find the right word is to loudly yell, WORD! It definitely helps sometimes. Here's some real-life examples of brain fog from my life. The other day, I went to drop off my kids at school. I drove to the school, drove around the school parking lot, and then drove home. And then I heard a little voice in the back seat go, Mom, you forgot to drop us at school. They were still in the car. I just totally blanked and did not realize it. (laughs) I constantly forget that I'm cooking or doing the laundry and I have to set reminders so that I can finish those tasks. And I always, always mix up my kids' names and the animals' names and just anyone's names. Not good with names. I have to-do lists and calendars everywhere or else I will just completely forget appointments or things that I need to do. I still forget them quite often, but it's better with the to-do lists. 
Anxiety plays a major role in brain fog. When someone is constantly anxious, it takes up an absolute ton, um, that's the scientific term, I believe, of one's mental capacity. Basically, one needs to use more energy to focus on anything that isn't your anxiety. Most of us know that anxiety comes hand in hand with chronic illnesses. It's so hard to know that you're going to be feeling bad for the rest of your life and not be anxious about it. Other mental health conditions that go hand in hand with brain fog are depression, PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, chronic fatigue, and ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Physical health can also affect brain fog. So what can we do to treat and prevent brain fog? Since it in itself is not a medical diagnosis, there are no treatments for it. But some doctor's suggestions include medication, anti-anxiety and antidepressants, or stimulants for ADHD are suggested. I'm on a few of those, and they have never made a difference for me in the brain fog respect. I really hope they work for some of you, because that would be nice. Uh, Therapy or counseling to treat anxiety is also mentioned, and I'm a huge supporter of therapy. I love it so much. So if you have the means to go to therapy, I highly suggest that you do. It's so awesome, and it's not as scary as it seems. You just have to find the right counselor, and sometimes it takes a few to go through, and you got to keep trying. I lost my spot. Okay, time management skills to help stay organized when you know that you struggle with it. Like I said before, I don't know what I would do without my calendars. Um, Adjustments to school or work if you need to take extra time to complete something. And that's obviously as long as your school or work is willing to work with you. And they all should be, but we know that unfortunately, that's just not usually the case. And finally, exercise, deep breathing, and meditation. Like I am going to mention probably millions of times, times, work times in my life and on this podcast, exercise is not one size fits all. We don't all need to be in the gym daily and jogging or whatever those kinds of people do. It's amazing that they have a body that is capable of that. Those of us who deal with chronic illnesses don't usually have that liberty. Exercise is whatever our bodies are capable of that day. Some days it will be going for a walk or going to the gym. Other days it will be walking to the bathroom or to make a tea. Whatever your day throws at you, just be sure that you are doing your best and your best is going to be different every single day. Signs that your brain fog is to a point where it should be mentioned to a healthcare provider are if you're constantly forgetting things like paying bills, getting lost in an area that you're familiar with, If you find you can't complete tasks daily, if your memory is getting steadily worse, if self-care interventions do not help, if you experience brain fog more than 50% of the time, or if your anxiety is getting progressively worse despite treatments. I know how scary and frustrating doctor's visits can be, but if you're struggling, please don't delay getting checked out. So many people, including myself, ignore these seemingly small symptoms only to find out later that they're all part of one big bad thing. The more that you could journal your symptoms or the more that you tell your doctor, the better your chances of diagnosis and treatment are. I'm going to take a little break and we will be right back with my interview with Catherine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there was a thing up on my screen that I had to tap, so. Yeah, I'm still super new to figuring all this stuff out, so I have no yeah. idea how to do anything. Okay. <laughs> how are you doing today? All right. Yeah, feeling good, bad? Um, feeling pretty good, actually. Um, I'm on gabapentin right now, and it's actually helping me unlike pretty much every other medication I've ever tried. So well, that's good. Yeah. I had like, you know, wake up without a shit ton of pain, which is really nice. Yeah. I know gabapentin is not great for some people. So it's good that it's working for you. Yeah. We're close to each other almost. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm in Victoria on Vancouver Island. Yeah. I love the Island. I would live there if I could. <laughs> yeah. It's it, really expensive over here. It is here too. <laughs> yeah. Like we're way out in the suburbs because that's where we yeah. can afford to buy a house. But still, it's uh, we've lived in our house for like two and a half years and it's more than doubled in value. Oh, wow. Because everyone's trying to get out of the city, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with just what was the diagnosis process like for you? Okay, so um, I started having chronic pain in my early 30s and I'm 45 now. You're, um, I'm sorry. Just you're 45. <laughs> yes. Oh, you were younger than me. You look younger than me. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, sorry. Get, I'm getting up there. Um, so yeah, in my early thirties and around the age of about 35, I think I got a new doctor and I started to, you know, tell him about the pain I was having. And he kept saying, I think it's just because you have severe depression so he wouldn't send me to a rheumatologist or like he did prescribe at one point nortriptyline, which is similar to amitriptyline, um, which neither of those medications were good for me. Um, so it wasn't until I was 41, I think. So four years ago that I had a new doctor and I kept, you know, the same thing. Like I have this chronic pain, like I was having pain, like throughout like my legs for instance it hurt just to walk and I was like why does it hurt to walk and she's like you probably have fibromyalgia so she finally sent me to a rheumatologist who diagnosed me um but it took like seven years or something like that just to get someone to send me to a rheumatologist to get a diagnosis and then I was referred to a new rheumatologist um, because I started having joint pain and he diagnosed me with arthritis. That's a long time. It's so frustrating, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you said you had a couple other things going on too. So I also have bipolar disorder, um, generalized anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, and then the arthritis as well as the fibromyalgia. Fun. Yeah. So it's yeah. a lot going on. Um, and so do you find that all of those things exist kind of easily together or like if you're in a flare up, does the other things kick in and get progressive? Um, definitely. If I'm in a flare up, like my mood's going to be lower, like I'll feel more depressed. Um, my pain has been pretty well managed lately on gabapentin and I find my moods are a lot better. I feel I'm on five medications right now. Um, so four of those are for my mental health. We're in the process of trying to very slowly wean me down to see if I can just be on like one or two instead of four. Um, so having better moods with us pain because I usually wake up in a lot of pain and I keep a heating pad right beside my bed so I can like lie on it right when I wake up sometimes I actually just sleep on it um but yeah it definitely affects my moods um if I'm in more pain low moods stay in bed don't really do much 
less pain, better moods, able to get out for walks, able to like function around the apartment, stuff like that. Yeah, those are always the better days. Do you do you live by yourself or do you have anyone there with you? Or I have a roommate and I have my 19-year-old daughter living with me. So, but um, I do like, you know, have to do my own laundry and I do most of the chores and my own grocery shopping and stuff like that. So those are challenging things to get done. For sure. Um, do uh, like, how is it for them living with you with chronic illnesses? Like how, how does your daughter deal with it? Um, she's used to it. So like, even when she was very young, like, um, I take medication for sleep now. So I sleep through the night and I don't need to take naps during the day anymore. But when she was very young, I used to have to take naps and she was very good about just quietly playing or watching a movie. Like she's just grown up with it. So she doesn't really know any different. Yeah. My kids are the exact same way. Yeah. I'm going to have a nap now. Okay. We're going to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. She's always been really good about stuff like that. And she also has a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, which they say they feel like might have been kind of hereditary or genetic. Like, yeah, my 10 year old is seeing doctors for the fatigue and pain all the time and everything. Yeah. Like, I really hope that it's not that because yeah. I don't want any of my kids to ever have to deal with what I'm going through, but you know, at least they'll have someone that understands if they are. Yeah, exactly. Which is always really nice. Uh, So you said you saw like your general practitioner and rheumatologist. Did you see any other doctors with it or? Um, I've seen a neurologist. They did some nerve conductive testing or nerve conduction testing, I think it's called. And they said, because I was having weakness and pain with like my wrists and arms and hands. And they said my nerves were totally fine. Um, Yeah. So, and I currently don't have a GP because I had been living in Nanaimo and moved down to Victoria and there's no GPs here. I'm on a wait list to see one. So I just use the Babylon app most of the time, but they're actually very thorough and order tests, x-rays, ultrasounds. So I've had all kinds of, sorry, my hand's shaking. Um, I've had all kinds of tests and stuff done. Um, There's something wrong with one of my shoulders. I can't remember what the rheumatologist said it was, but like I couldn't move my arm and I had to have a cortisone injection and I still only have about 80% movement of my arm and like chronic pain in my left shoulder. Yeah. It all just kind of adds on, huh? Yeah. Okay. So what's, if you're having a good day, what's your day-to-day life look like? So on a good day, um, I can get a shower. I can clean the apartment, like take out the trash. Like today I took out the trash. I cleaned the bathroom. I'm going to do laundry later. I can get out for a walk. Um, I use a mobility aid. I use a cane. Um, but when I'm not having a bad flare day, I don't need it, which is really nice. Um, I've had people ask me why I use it and like, I have pain in my hip joints and like just pain in my back, like the achy flu-like pain. And I just find that having a cane just helps, you know, with me being able to get out for walks if I'm having a bad day, like I'm told I'm supposed to walk every day and I'm like it's really hard to sometimes <laughs> like yeah they doctors love that just exercise push yeah. through it and exercise and you're like um yeah. some days yeah for sure yeah but the other day I got out for a five kilometer walk yesterday was two kilometers but there's days in between where it's like I can't go out yeah exactly and I don't like I'm sure some doctors understand but I haven't met many that do yeah yeah a lot of them have the just push through it mentality and yeah just yeah, you can't sometimes like physically cannot I use a cane too on certain days yeah I, I switched to a forearm crutch because it's easier to I that's don't have what to, I was thinking of getting yeah because it has the strap so I don't have to lean it on something if I'm going to use both hands like while I'm shopping yeah. and yeah. I just find it a little more stable because I kept losing canes because I would just put them down 
And then like, yeah. walk, and then yeah. I would be feeling okay at that moment. And I would walk away from them. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm like, I brought my cane today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you're having a bad day, what does that look like? Um, on a bad day, um, I usually stay in my pajamas. I am, I have a heated blanket that I put in a papasang chair and I sit on that because I find the heat really helps the pain. Um, I find that I'm like very distracted. I can't focus on like reading or like watching shows even half the time, like, cause I'm just in so much pain. So I spend a lot of time scrolling on social media or TikTok or stuff like that. Um, I love doing art and painting and being creative, but it's hard to find the time and energy for it. Um, so yeah, bad days are just basically staying home, doing the bare minimum, eating popcorn or cereal for dinner kind of thing. Like I can't cook, I can't prep food, I can't do any of that stuff. Yeah. People tell me like, go take a hot shower or a nice hot bath. And I'm like, I don't have the energy to get in the bath and then dry off and get dressed again and go through doing all of that. Yeah. I've told, I can usually get into the bath. Out's the problem. Yeah. My bathtub (laughs) is too wide for a bar. I had a bathtub bar at my old place and I moved into this apartment that's been renovated and the ledge of the bathtub is super wide and my bathtub bar didn't fit on it so I gave it to someone else who needed it and I've been chopping around trying to find one that fits and I can't find anything so yeah once I get in the bathtub I just use the spout and pull on it and just hope I don't break it to pull myself out I can like usually get up a little bit and then I can I've like rolled out of my bathtub and then oh my pull God. myself up from the floor just because I'm just done. The heat drains all my energy. Yeah, yeah. But it still feels good. Uh, <laughs> so you do art. Did you do the painting behind you? Because it's really pretty. Oh, yeah, that one there. Yeah. That's really nice. I do, I do uh, mostly art tutorials on YouTube. Follow a couple of artists on there. And... That's so cool. Yeah. I'm- hopeless at painting but I like doing it sometimes one of my favorite hobbies is knitting and it's too painful for me now like it just hurts so much which I do tons and tons of knitting and now I can't yeah I can I try I tried knitting once and I think I did it for 10 minutes before my hands cramped I yeah I know I like woodworking and I can't do it as much as I used to now because I like to make like little intricate things and they have to be hand sanded and it's just it's way too much so do you get the like heavy arms and like weak limbs and that kind of stuff when you do repetitive tasks oh yeah yeah I get like muscle pain um yeah awful Okay, so you said you take gabapentin. Uh, do you take yeah. any and antidepressants? Anything else, or just I don't take antidepressants. Oh, sorry, things for your mental health. Got it. Yeah, sorry. I'm on two antipsychotics, a mood stabilizer, and a benzodiazepine because I have bipolar disorder. I can't take antidepressants because they make me manic, which is just like it's very common for people with bipolar disorder to go into mania from SSRIs or SNRIs. Um, so I have tried them and I feel really like I, I hate being on all this medication, but yeah, gabapentin, I take 900 milligrams a day. Um, it makes me very tired. So I find I end up drinking a bunch of caffeine and then get more anxiety because of the caffeine. So yeah, Yeah, it's never just, you never just get a good thing. Yeah. It'll work, but there's all this other stuff that comes with it. side effects yeah um you know it's and you got to weigh the good with the bad sometimes and deal with what you can uh so you said you don't work correct no I don't I'm on disability same I have a couple little side hustles but yeah and um, have you been on disability for a while yeah um almost 11 years okay 
Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah almost the exact same for me. Yeah. Um, and you had said that you were, sorry, I'm just scrolling through all my stuff that I wrote. Um, yeah. You had said that you would talk to the BC disability about accessibility and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Tell me a bit about that. So um, I had an interview with someone from the BC Disability Caucus and we talked about accessibility mostly in my particular community. So I'm in Esquimalt, which is just part of Victoria, like a uh, small community. I'm close to downtown, um, but things like, so he was asking like, do I access the parks and recreation here? Which I do, I love going to the pool for the hot tub and the sauna because that's so great for pain, but it costs like, I don't know how much it costs, but I'm on disability, which is like $1,400 a month. So being able to afford to go on a regular basis is not accessible to me. Um, and then I have to walk there and I have to walk home after, right? Like I'm going to like relax and have some pain relief, but then getting out of the pool, getting myself dressed, getting myself home is a whole big ordeal for me. Like it's not always feasible um the grocery stores in my community there's only two grocery stores close to me um they're very expensive compared to like say going to Walmart which I would have to bus there bus home or take a cab depending on how much stuff I have or find a friend to give me a ride and give them gas money um Costco was like an hour bus ride for me things like that um so like affordable groceries aren't really accessible in my community unless they're sales at the grocery store. I live near like a specialty organic food store <laughs> where like everything costs a dollar or two or three more. Um, and oftentimes I find myself running there because it's on the corner by my house, right? So it's easy to go there, but it's just so much more expensive. Um, and uh, we just basically talked about stuff like that in the community. Um, one good thing about the community I live in is that the buses do run straight to uptown and downtown. So uptown is where we have Walmart and downtown. There aren't really any grocery stores downtown or anything, but there's, you know, a lot of like there's a dollar store, Dollarama, stuff like that. So do you guys have like um we have a handy darts here that you can like order if you're planning on going if you know you're gonna go you can yeah schedule one and use it do you we guys do have, have that i haven't accessed it and that was something i haven't looked into yet i did look into um home support and they told me i would have to pay for it so I was like, again, like I can't afford to have someone like I know people on disability who get home support that they don't pay for. I'm like, why would I have to pay for it? I don't understand. So again, that's something that's not accessible to me. Um, there is a food kitchen nearby me that does um, breakfast and lunch, but I have a lot of food allergies, so I can't always access that either. Um, they have like a bread cupboard though, where I can get like bread and stuff like that. Yeah. That's so frustrating. Are you too far? Like, can you, do they do grocery deliveries anywhere? Cause I know when I found um, out that Walmart delivered, it made a huge difference. Cause it's, Oh really? Yeah. I don't know if they deliver to my community. Um, I usually just get someone to go with me, find a ride, take the bus, take my little cart to get groceries yeah because they when we first moved up here they didn't deliver to our area and then yeah. they started to about six months ago because we were having huh. to go to it's not like a specialty store or anything but we were going to save on foods which yeah is just it's more expensive and especially now with grocery prices I love I love getting food delivered yeah from groceries because like even when I feel good, sometimes I'll go to the store and I'll get halfway through shopping and I'll start getting the hot flashes and I get tired yeah. and weak and I'm like, shit, I'm done, yeah. but I have to keep, I have to finish this. It has to, we need food and uh, it's super frustrating. So you said, sorry, you said you had some uh, dietary restrictions. Yeah, I have some food allergies and then just like food sensitivities as well. Okay, and how does that affect your chronic illness? Um, well, I used to be really underweight. I was about 105 pounds and I'm five, six, um, uh, for quite a few years because I just wasn't eating 
properly um because I was like having anxiety around food because I was like I have like an, a soy allergy for instance a legume allergy um a tomato allergy like these are like really common things right so I was like making all my own food from scratch and like really stressed out about what I could eat and um now like since I've been on medication I have less anxiety around food so I find that I eat more um and I actually gained some weight um which I feel better like I don't know if that makes sense I feel like when I was like I probably was malnourished before right oh, sure. like, and I was so like anemic which I'm not anymore well, I think good. because I eat properly so that was something that was another thing that impacted my doctor was like oh well you're depressed and you're anemic that's probably causing your pain right and I was like yeah any excuse yeah yeah I have a spine injury and I got told for years that oh it's just your spine I'm like I like I get that you know being in pain all the time affects everything but it's no I it's more like you know your body we know our bodies it's doctors really frustrate me yeah, me too. And I don't, I don't know what, what is it like on the island? Can you get access to healthcare like readily or is, is there super long waiting lists for stuff? Oh, in Victoria, a whole bunch of, I don't know how many, but several walk-in clinics closed recently. And um, if you don't get there right at 830 in the morning, you can't get into urgent care. And the one time I did try to get into urgent care when they had a spot, they said, we don't have a doctor here today only a nurse practitioner and she can't write prescriptions. And I had a UTI. So I had to go to the hospital for a UTI, which is ridiculous. And getting Babylon appointments, sometimes I get them the next day. Sometimes it's three weeks out. Like it just really varies. So um, because I have mental health issues, Island Sexual Health said they would take me on as a patient, but it was like a two or three month wait. So I'm on a wait list with them and they said that they would provide me with a GP. So other than that, like if I didn't have any (laughs) mental health issues, they wouldn't be taking me on as a patient. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The whole, I think the whole, most of the province is like that, unless you're in like some tiny town that happens to have a doctor there. Yeah. It's so hard to access healthcare. We, I, I did get lucky that I have a rheumatologist and he sees me on a regular basis. Um, he did, we did get into it when I asked him about pain management, cause he felt like I was drug seeking and he's like, I'm not going to give you anything for your pain except for the gabapentin. And he wanted to put me on methotrexate for my joint pain, which I refused. Um, I was like, I'd rather have the pain than be on a scary medication like that. So it's a cancer medication. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I haven't. No, you take it once a week. And that you're supposed to make sure you have nothing to do for the next 24 hours because it can make you really sick, like flu-like sick. And he was like, take some cold and flu medication when you take it. But I can't take cold and flu medication because it interacts with my other medications. Um, And I just read up on it. And I was like, this medication just freaks me out. So I just decided not to take it. So we kind of argued about it a bit. But now he's okay with me just taking the gabapentin. Um, and I have a psychiatrist. So I'm just kind of grateful for that, like that I have those two specialists, even though I don't have a GP right now. Yeah, it's good to have something. Yeah. Yeah, I know I've been waiting for a rheumatologist for nine months. Yeah. So far, maybe one day. Okay. I waited a long time to get in. Yeah. It's, and I think it's going to end up being like in Vancouver, which is an hour and a half away from me just to get in. And my dog, I asked my doctor if she could send just like a bunch of different ones out to like everyone. They're like, no, we're not allowed to do that. Yeah. When I originally, when I originally got um, referred to a rheumatologist, I was living in Nanaimo, which is two hours away from me. And none of the doctors in Nanaimo would take a fibromyalgia patient and I had to come down to Victoria which was a two-hour drive so to get my diagnosis yeah I know 
well, you're Canadian, you get it. I talk to so many Americans who are just like, universal healthcare is amazing. You guys are so lucky. And I'm like, yeah, like, it, it is. It's awesome that we have access without having to pay. We can go to the hospital and have a baby without having to fork out thousands of dollars. Yeah. But there's so much that isn't covered. And there's so much that because it's just readily available, we have to wait years to access it. Yeah. And like, if you don't, like I should have asked for a rheumatologist appointment years ago when I got my fibromyalgia diagnosis from my doctor. Yeah. But she said I didn't need one then, (laughs) but now there's other things going on and she's like, oh yeah, no, we can do that now. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, so are you, um, like, do you, oh my gosh, sorry. I totally lost my train of thought for a sec. Um, (laughs) are you like super affected by heat and the cold or which one's worse for you? So cold is definitely worse. Um, when the fall kind of kicked in, like around November, I think I started waking up with really bad pain every morning and really struggling. Um, I'm not sure when I went on gabapentin, it's been fairly recent, like just a two or three months. So I was really struggling with pain and, uh, summer's definitely better. I used to hate summer cause I hate the hot weather, but I find that it's great for pain because I have way less pain in the summer months, like especially July and August. Um, and I have more energy because I have less pain. So yeah, getting into spring, I'm kind of looking forward to hopefully, I mean, with the gabapentin mixed in as well, having even less pain because gabapentin doesn't completely get rid of the pain. And they talked about doubling up my evening and morning dose. Um, And I'm like, I just don't think I could handle that, like just with how fatigued it makes me. Yeah, the person I talked to yesterday was on 1800 milligrams and there she's trying, she's starting to wean off, but it just, that seems like so much. I think it is. Yeah. I think I went up to 900 when I was on it. That's what I'm on right now. Yeah. That seems pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same with the heat. The weather changing has already made a huge difference and yeah. Like I spend, I don't know about you, I spend like October until the end of March with just cold constantly. Like my bones feel yeah. cold, everything. And it gets, it really starts to weigh on you. Yeah, I'm cold. I'm like wearing a hoodie and I wear like thermal shirts all the time and like wool socks and wool leggings and yeah. Yeah, we got cold a couple of days ago, so I turned my heater back on. We had had it off, and now it's boiling hot in my house because I forgot to turn it off when it got oh. back up to like 15 yesterday. So it's actually really warm in here. My husband is gonna hate it when he gets home, but I love it. It feels yeah. <laughs> uh, this is not the easy. Oh, I knocked my microphone. Sorry, uh, not the easiest question. But uh, has your chronic illness brought anything good to your life? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I honestly don't know. I don't know if I can answer that. Yeah. It's some people can, some people can't. It's, I can't really think of how it could have brought anything good into my life. Um, I mean, there's things like my boyfriend, for instance, when he stays over with me, he like helps me get to bed and does nice things like that, but brings me like dinner in bed or whatever. But I mean, I would prefer to not have that illness that makes someone have to do stuff like that for me. Yeah. So, no, I can't right now think of anything off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I know like, I'm thankful that I got to be a stay at home mom with my kids, even though I was a single parent, which was nice. Even if I felt like crap all the time, I didn't have to try to figure out how to work and feel like crap. Um, say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I got to stay home with my daughter. Yeah. It's like, again, not good circumstances would have rather have not have had to do that, but it was, it was good. I just, I know there's, 
I don't ever want to be just depressed. I am depressed. I'm on antidepressants, but I don't want to ever be that person that's just, my life sucks. Everything about it sucks. And yeah, you know, we want to try to bring a little positivity to it because what's the point? Otherwise we're stuck with it. There's no cure. Maybe there will be one day. I don't know. Maybe in our lifetime, that would be rad, but you know, if there's not, I don't want to spend the rest of my life just being mad about something I can't control. Yeah, that makes sense. And I am mad about it. And it sucks. Yeah. But okay. Um, I totally lost track of where I was again. Um, so what advice would you have for anyone that's just newly diagnosed with fibro or something like that? Not to be hard on themselves. And if you need to rest, take the rest. Um, I was just saying to my daughter this morning, it's okay if you can't go to school. It's okay if you need to rest. It's okay to just take care of yourself. And sometimes you just need to play video games all day or watch Netflix or, you know, stay in bed, stay in your pajamas. It's totally fine. Do what you can when you can. Mental health days are awesome. And yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad that so many people are getting more on that page. Yeah. When I was a kid. If I wanted to stay home from school because I was overwhelmed, no way. Yeah. Well, that was not either. a thing. Um, and oh my gosh. Okay. What is, what is something that you wish that you knew early on when you were in the process of being diagnosed? Hmm. Um, I wish I knew to sort of more advocate a little bit harder to get into a rheumatologist sooner. I wish I'd known more about the different medications that were available, um, so that I could have asked to try them because all I was offered was amitriptyline and nortriptyline by my GP. Um, and I've tried Lyrica, Cymbalta, Cyclobenzaprine, um, because there was a list that the, uh, rheumatologist gave my doctor of medications to try. And we went through the list until we found something that worked. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I have Cyclobenzaprine. They make me sleep Mm -hmm. like 14 hours. Yeah. And which sucked because they, they made my muscles feel better. Yeah. But I have four kids. I can't sleep for 14 hours ever. Yeah. (laughs) So it wasn't the best. Um, and just last thing, what would you like to tell, um, caregivers out there who have people in their lives or just loved ones with chronic illnesses or fibromyalgia that you think would help them out? to be patient and kind and things like I asked for help with my laundry and I was told you don't need to do laundry and it's like you know if someone asks for help and you're physically and mentally able to do it do it like it means so much to me to have someone like do my dishes or take out my garbage or help me with my laundry. And it was actually my boyfriend who I asked to help do my laundry. And he's like, you don't need to do the laundry. And I'm like, yes, I do. And like, it's really hard because I live in an apartment and I have to go all the way down to the basement and I have to go up and down and up and down and it's a pain in the butt. And it would be nice if when I ask for help, if you're able to, to just do it and to be patient with the people in your life who are ill. That's such an awesome answer. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think most people have asked for help and just been completely rejected. And I, that makes me just shut down. I won't ask for help anymore. Yeah. That's and- another thing just like that. It's important to be able to ask for help when you need it and sometimes we are going to get no's and that's okay but just to be okay with asking for help I think that's really important absolutely um you have your head shaved is that because of chronic illnesses or just because it looks cool because it does look cool (laughs) um I have really curly hair 
and I already had the side shaved for the last few years and my hair was coming in really frizzy and it's like probably because of the gray hair I think and I went to a curl specialist a couple of times and she cut my hair so that it would you know look nicer because it was just a big frizzy mess and I was like trying to take care of my hair and like washing it and like having to dry it after and take care of it and I finally just said to my boyfriend you know I to shave my head I can't deal with my hair anymore like it was just too much work um I don't I personally don't like how my how I look with my head shaved I just like how it feels like I like not having hair I shave my head every couple of weeks to keep it down um I just couldn't deal with it anymore I hear you I'm trying to grow mine back out right now but I've had it shaved for over a year and yeah. again, same thing, really curly hair with the scrunching and the, the all the yeah. trying to, you have to do so much to make it look nice or else it just goes. Yeah. And I don't know, I've tried growth. This is the third time I've tried growing it out and again, I can get it to like an inch, an inch and a half. And then I'm like, nope. And I shave it off again. So <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't like the way it looks when it's growing back. Right. I'm okay. Like it feels great when it's shaved. I like that. And I like it the way it looks when it's long. Yeah. But like this, I don't know what to do with this. It just exists, but I think yeah, it, I keep shaving like bits of it here and there on the sides and stuff and yeah. I never like it. And it's yeah, but who knows? I like the way you look with your head shaved. I think you look great. Thank you. Uh, I would just really want to thank you for doing this with me today. Yeah. It was, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm all done. Okay. And that was the end of that interview until Catherine contacted me again a day later saying that there was something she really wanted to talk about, but had forgotten to. And we are nothing if not accommodating because we want to know as much as we can about everybody and their experience. So, without further ado, here is the rest of the... Okay. So, we had talked the other day and there was yeah. something that you had wanted to add about medical gaslighting, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Okay. So, I met my new psychiatrist last week and um, it was an hour-long appointment, which I've never had with a psychiatrist before. He's doing like, um, he's going to be doing half-hour sessions with me. Uh, usually I only get like 10 minutes. So um, everything seemed fairly normal, like just discussing my meds and stuff. But he brought up like, you know, my childhood and any trauma I have. And he asked what other things I'd been diagnosed with. And I said, arthritis and fibromyalgia. And he just said, of course you have. And I didn't, I honestly, I still don't know how to take that. I didn't know how to take it. And he said, a lot of um, patients who have fibromyalgia have a history of trauma. So over the weekend, I watched um, a Gabor Mate, I think that's how you say his name, film, um, The Wisdom of Trauma. And he talks about like addictions and mental health issues and how it stems from trauma-based childhoods. Um, so I don't know if the psychiatrist was just being, you know, like, this is just how it is, or if he was being a jerk. And <laughs> like, of course you have been diagnosed with that. Like, I didn't know how to take it at all. I wouldn't either, because, I, I know that I've talked to doctors who are just like, yeah, they just diagnose people with it. Yeah. If there's nothing else. I'm like, but like we have something. Yeah. And uh, like, if that's what they're doing, if they are just diagnosing people with fibromyalgia because they are too tired of looking to figure out what it actually is, that's a huge problem too. Yeah. Which is incredibly frustrating. I'm really sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, so I just wanted to add that in because I had forgotten about it and I just felt like it was important to yeah. talk about because um, I have found that there are like professionals who don't believe that it's a real diagnosis, like it's not a real illness. So yeah. just hearing a doctor say like, oh, of course you have, like, 
and he said it very deadpan and I didn't I've been diagnosed as being on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. So like, I can't, I couldn't even look at him when I was talking to him and I was very uncomfortable after he said that and um, felt invalidated because he wasn't like, oh yes, um, I'm sorry you were diagnosed with that or whatever. He was just like, you know. Of course you were. (laughs) Yeah, this really sticks out in my head. That's like the only thing that sticks out in my head from the whole appointment, so. Yeah, it's awful to hear stuff like that from someone that's supposed to be supporting your mental health. And that that mug is amazing, by the way. Mm. Um, Her mug says, her mug says, bag of dicks. It was a gift from my (laughs) daughter's girlfriend and it's the only mug I'll drink out of now. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, well, did you have anything else that you wanted to add while we're here? No, that was all. I just wanted to talk about that. So, okay. Yeah. You're, and you're absolutely right. That is super important. I think it happens to all of us way too often. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have an amazing day. Thanks for hanging out with me again. Yeah. Thanks for letting me add that in. Yeah, no problem. And that's all for today. I really want to thank Catherine for being willing to come on and talk to me. I would like to thank my husband for helping me produce because I am terrible at this. And I would like to thank my kids and animals for actually being quiet for most of it. If coming on the podcast is something that you would be interested in, please email me at chroniclyjillpodcast at gmail.com and tell me a bit of your story and hopefully we'll be able to get you on. I would love to talk to many, many different people. It doesn't matter if you're a sufferer, if you're a caregiver, I would love to have you on to tell your story. The more perspectives that we can get, the more understanding about all of these conditions we can bring to other people. And once more, this is an independent podcast. Any support that you give is amazing and very much appreciated, whether it's just listening or sharing or going to Patreon or Acast and supporting us for as little as $2 a month. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you all are having an amazing day. Lots of love and gentle hugs. 